0: and welcome to a series of very special Dublin International Film Festival podcasts. This year's festival runs from the 22nd of February to the 2nd of March and promises to be an elevated cinema experience. Ahead of her appearance at the festival, I'm chatting with Mami Wata producer Oge Abasi. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Oh my god, what a powerful film, um metaphor, the visuals, the uh the dynamics, like it's very haunting. You find yourself followed by it like throughout the day. Um <laughs> like it speaks so much to the human condition and like the the dynamic. Yeah, if you can if you can tell me about what it was like producing this. That's
1: Well, it, it was quite a journey. Um mentally, physically, spiritually, I would say, uh, because it was so difficult getting this film made. Um, Finding partners, finding people who believed in the film, you know, it was really difficult. Spent some years in Nigeria trying to raise money locally. Uh, And we just met a lot, a whole lot of pushback um, because of the title, because of the black and white. Um, You know, people just fought back. And it wasn't just a simple, uh, no, I'm not interested in the project or no, I don't want to be part of your film. It was, it was quite uh, passionate, <laughs> if you go, I mean. So you see people say, no, no, no. Why do you want to make a film in black and white?
0: Yeah. And, and that's what, when you think about it, that's what the critics loved that's what they loved the stylized version like if you read all those reviews that's now, that's what everyone loves and yeah. it's not funny do you feel like there's a little bit of a we know better than you <laughs> like
1: <laughs> um, I, I think people had their own biases yeah you know for whatever reason for some people it's it's the religiosity of where we're from where we demonize everything that's local to us uh, and feel like everything important has more superiority, you know. And then for some people, it's a bit of jealousy too. Where it's like, oh, this is a fabulous idea. Why is it not mine? Why is it yours? Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't consider the fact that they could say, I would like to be a part of it and come on board rather than push back. Uh, and for some people, they just didn't understand the vision or believe in it enough. To, to even just say great idea, you know. People just put up in their own uh, personal bubble. So it's not something you hold against anybody, but it really made the process unnecessarily difficult. And it wasn't until we got into Waga Film Lab that we got our first sign of, you know, positive feedback. In fact, it was such a contrast from the reaction we got in Nigeria, that <laughs> it was so pleasant and welcoming and they were very happy, you know, uh, and and uh, the producers, you know, the, the older producers were so excited and, you know, kept on commending or saying, happy to see that the young people are not throwing everything away. This is very important you know, story to document, um, pull visuals behind and all of that. And after Waga Film Lab, we got into workshops which also helped us, you know, uh, put in better work than we had previously done regarding the scripts uh, and just being laser focused on the vision. We were able to raise money um, from Europe because also that came with its own challenges where because Nigeria is known for Nollywood, it seems like what you have on your deck is is overly ambitious. And you hear things like, "Ah, Nigeria is not known for this kind of thing," so we're, we're very uh, careful not to make unusual, take unusual risks. Maybe for South Africa, because you know uh, we've seen what they've done, and even though this would be new all around, that would be a more calculated risk. You know, so we were able to get money uh, from Europe for the film. And then COVID came along and I, I was like, are we ever going to get this film made? <laughs> just too much. Uh, you know, that year was very crazy. And so uh, I just felt I had to make, make the call to go in. Just go in. You know, Don't think about it. Don't think of the logic of funding. I don't know, go in like the Israelites and maybe manna will come in from above, (laughs) which is pretty much how it went. I fixed the date and I told the whole team and everybody got to work. The little I had, I spread it out for the materials, like for the costumes and the hairpieces and and everybody got to work. But they didn't know I didn't get money, you know. (laughs) And So we just went right in. And even while filming, I was on the phone Every day, every night, just looking for money, taking loans, and all kinds of crazy things that I, I can't remember anymore right now. <laughs> you Gosh. know, and there's some unusual things also happened while we were filming. Unusual help, unusual, unexpected support, and the the crew and the cast were just so dedicated to the work. So that really helped immensely. because you could have all the money and if you don't have the people, then there's a problem. (laughs) And so basically we put one foot in front of the other and then we wrapped. I was so shocked the day we wrapped. I was like, so we actually got to the end of this shoot (laughs) because it had been so wild. And then afterwards we had um, footage which we pitched to apply for post-production funds, which we got two of, which really helped us to, to have the kind of, Post production, we really wanted for the film, and more great people working on the film. People are so passionate to work on the film, and I think that just helped to transcend everything that we aimed for.
0: It is, and you can just you can see there's. It's just so fresh. It's just so fresh, but everyone you can feel the truth behind what's happening. It's just such a a, a universal story. But so uniquely local, and then told in such a in such a strikingly beautiful, powerful way, Um, and like, and and you know, it's it's a it's a piece of it's a piece of theater. It's a piece of visual art. It's um, it's 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 just it's something that's so emotive and and at that baseline of creation, like it's just it's so gorgeous that you can see, um, you you can you could see as well, like maybe people that didn't see it because. Like, again, it's not something you can go, oh, this is just like this thing. You know, like you yeah. always say, oh, what are your comps? What are your comps? What are your yeah, comps? Yeah,
1: because you, you, even when you're pitching and you realize there's no reference, you're not saying the film is like this or that. You're creating something as impossible as it may seem, something new, because you say every idea in the world is not new, it's been done somehow or the other. Well, in this case, we didn't have any of that to fall back on. Uh, <laughs> I think that's part of what made it so difficult and also so special.
0: Yes, and and very like, but again, it, it's almost like Shakespearean in, in some ways mm-hmm. as well. It's so it's so fabulous. And um, talk to me about your creative um collaborative collaboration with CJ. So I presume you're a creative producer. You're helping like line up cast and crew, negotiating deals. Can you tell me about um, like just you've secured the money, now you're going into pre-production because you've worked as a line producer on TV, on film and um, what's it like then it being your project and how do you guys work together?
1: Well, we live together and the, the living in and the working in kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> um, I, I think because we've been at it for a while, we kind of uh, tuned into each other It's not difficult. I don't think it was ever difficult because um, we've always kind of been like-minded in terms of what we want to achieve. So we want to take our local stories global. That's the baseline. And then we know that for, for it to get where we want it to get to, there has to be a certain quality about it in terms of the technical aspect, production value, and all of that. You know, things that we could get away with locally, we can't. we can't do that internationally because they're trying to reach a very very uh, diverse and vast audience and so um that automatically also means more money <laughs> you need more money to to have better production value so uh from the moment he he told me about the idea pretty much wrote me what was what was to become the log line for a while you know, it just made sense to me, like, why not? Yes, it makes sense. Um, this is a very important story we, we need to tell. It's always bothered me why when we talk about deities in Nigeria, um, we have lots of them, and they are mostly male deities, like the God of Thunder, God of War, and people think it's cool when you say, I am gonna make a, a film about the God of Thunder, and they're like, oh, wow, that would be nice, that would be neat, but Whenever you mention Mami Water, people get on the defensive and the offensive. So even when you go for prayers, you pray for a young man who's looking uh, to find his life partner, and you say things like, may God keep Mami Water girls away from you. So even as a joke, I always say, what has Mami Water done to offend you guys? You know, Um, is it because she's female, Why? why the automatic fear we hear about the god of thunder striking people dead in terms of the 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 folk tales and all of that the god of war creating war where there's you know creating chaos where there's conflict and then this nice lady is just (laughs) blessing people with fertility and prosperity y'all are scared and offended so it never quite made sense to
0: me. <laughs> it's such a, an example of like that, that patriarchal assertion versus, you know, threatened by this matriarchal positivity. And it's such a great metaphor for for that like when you're watching it and you're you're really like yeah you can see you can see that kind of like that shift yeah. between these two ideals and you know kind of like capitalism but like corruption and you know like oh, 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 versus nature and yes and
1: I, I, I feel like i feel like in the world generally um you know yes women are powerful and sometimes even women don't know they are powerful you know so there's just something in it in us that makes us that way. I don't question creation. I just know it is that way. And, and it's why you find that when a woman who has come into herself, who knows her strength, comes into a space, there's a change, for good or for bad, whichever way she chooses to play. But there is there's a definite uh, change of energy in that space, wherever it might be. And some people feel intimidated by it. Some people are in awe of it. And some people embrace it in, in, all based on their own unique experiences as a, as a person. But I know that there's a definite power in, in womanhood, in, in the in, in the world, you know, in the energy, in the universe. Uh, and so, yeah, that had always been in my subconscious to say, why, why, why do? so immediately he sent me that, he showed me that log line. It made sense, you know, to me. And in spite of um all the all the uh, things that I suffered personally in the journey to make the film get the film made, it was never even a question for me whether to give up on it. Because yeah, there are some things you start and you realize it's time has passed or you know, this is just not working. Let me channel this energy elsewhere. I never had any moment of doubt that about making the film or if it needed to be made or if someone else should make it. <laughs> you get my point. And so, yeah, so with the cast, we had to also be very, uh, very specifically channeled in finding the cast. It wasn't just uh, uh, the kind of casting you would say for marketing purposes let's just uh cast someone who's got his face and all of that with the way the journey of the film was we needed people who in their own ways in their own hearts in their own personal ways were channeled to the whole concept itself you know not just because we picked a fantastic sounding idea but because they've had they were in a personal place that this project appealed to and for example our cinematographer nilis uh when we got to know Lilith, so when we met her, she had just either come out of, or was about to have her initiation ceremony into the Orisha. You know, she had found out that she comes from a lineage of Orisha worshipping women in Brazil, and so she had just, you know, had her initiation or And so, you know, what are the odds, really, that you would find <laughs> a, cinematog- a female cinematographer of color who just happens to be in that space and time at the time we were reaching out to her. We get, so uh, it, was that, it was that kind of, of journey. And I don't think, um, I think me and CJ are very in sync when it comes to the creative process such that uh, that's the least of our worries and more of uh, you know getting the resources we need to get it made to, in the way we want it to be yeah. made. And,
0: and that's it. But I mean, again, I think that the the female eye and um, even in terms of like that's that is that is there like I mean it, it's there throughout where you go it's it's told with such empathy and even like you know those very intimate scenes um that happen and and even the acts of violence I think there's a real there's a real dark intimacy to those as well and I think that's something that If I think if you're watching, it's funny when you watch something and it's presented slightly differently. You, you, you understand that because and you understand what you've been watching the whole time has been presented in a very different way, because I think like if you look at action films, there's like this heightened act of violence. That's very, um, that's very stylized and very like, um, like you know, choreographed and feels almost like a dance, and th- there's no emotion behind it. But I thought I, I, I was very like the the violence in this film I thought was done very beautifully because, like, I I found it very challenging to watch and very intimate. Um, and I and I thought that was really beautifully handled. I thought I thought all those that moment of like there was such physical intimacy throughout this film. Um, and I do think like that's that, um, that that, that sort of uh, yeah, matriarchal viewpoint which was which was beautiful and um, in, in a way to watch how do you work with your cast in achieving these in like achieving the performances because you as a producer like it's sort of your job as well to make everyone feel safe on set and they're fed they're watered they feel comfortable they're there on time like it's it's do you do we would you be around for that process?
1: Oh, well, for their protection, we had uh, a stunt team on ground and the stunt team helped with preparing them for for everything. And so there's a whole lot of rehearsals before the shoot itself. Um, The idea was to look as authentic as possible while keeping everyone uh, safe. And uh, the cast, they are very professional about it too, very willing to learn and they were very happy to do their own <laughs> their own stunts and, and choreography. <laughs> so I think it was fun all around. Uh, I did my best within what was available to keep everyone as happy as I could. I'm not sure I made everyone 100% happy. <laughs> it was a very, very, very tough shoot. But I also understood that uh, in the dynamics of space and time, it's either we made the film that moment we're there, or we don't. It was just one of those things. I hope to make up to anyone who uh, didn't feel hundred percent comfortable in the future. But uh, I'm also an indie producer. I don't have the studio budgets and all. Uh, I didn't have any kind of uh, that kind of support. Um, also due to the kind of film I was making, so it's it's it was one or the other. It's either. We make an outstanding, fantastic film. Everybody remembers for the rest of your life. Oh, we, we do something very comfortable, which might just get lost uh, in the in the whole line of films that come out, you know, every year. Uh, so I made a call, but I did my best. That much I can say. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, you were always, I think that the producer is always the person dealing with the, the like the kind of, big huge problems it's like the, the director does all the fun creative decisions and goes oh maybe this isn't working let's yes. try it this way and then it's like we've no time we've no money yes. <laughs> the shot. You know,
1: there's, some, there, there's something funny when you're done shooting and you're going through the behind the scenes footage and you're wondering how come I'm not there I was the one suffering the most I'm nowhere to be found. <laughs> and these guys who complain about this and that, they find moments to take very nice, fun pictures, you know. You see them clowning on set and the pictures are so wonderful. But hey, where's the producer? <laughs> and then I find myself in like three or four random pictures where I'm on the phone with this big scowl on my face. I'm like, couldn't you? <laughs> and now we can't go back and do it all over again. <laughs> But yeah, I promise myself every time the next film I'm going to have dope BTS pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it, I just need more money. I, I Everyone, any producer I know always says that. They're like, I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. And then the right project comes along and they're like, but I do like this project. I'll do this one. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and I'll be the last one to the next one.
0: And talk to me, actually, one of the things I actually think was very interesting is yeah. that the labs that were involved with this, the support that was there. I mean, obviously, um, that vision was really well received and I, like accessing co-production funding with um, Luxembourg. So would you have, um, was it, Lu- it was Luxembourg, wasn't it? The
1: Luxembourg funded uh, the Yave Prize which uh, I won at Wagga Film Lab, so was an already existing prize at Wagga Film Lab. Uh, I think they do that annually, but I won that for that that's year. Brilliant.
0: And and again, like that's the connections that you make. Would you partner then with a um, with a production company over there? Like, is that is that part of the networking um, job, or, or is it something that like maybe you go over and do work over there? Like, what's part of the access to that?
1: Well, IAVI uh, makes you a part, a, a part of a huge network of producers all around Europe. And uh, I guess it's just a thing of deciding what you're looking for. And then you reach out. Because we have access to the whole database of the uh, participants of old. And someone who fits into, you may or may not know the person before or maybe a country that fits into. you can reach out. And just for the fact that you're part of the network, I mean, a conversation can be had. And uh, I guess if any of them is looking to do work in West Africa, I would be uniquely positioned for that as well. But uh, you don't get a lot of that. <laughs> you don't get a lot of that. Um, it's something that I tried to talk about while I was there. So I, I realized that there's... Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of funds big and small and medium and also support in europe and um, in nigeria we don't have any any national fund for films or grants or anything like you're literally on your own so sometimes i think how can you bring both uh opportunities together because then in Af- in west africa and africa and nigeria we have this unique story so when you're looking for stories that stand you out, you know, that's not the usual as they say, then we have loads of it, I know. So how do we merge the resources from this country to this other country? And also makes for a more reasonable budget. I shouldn't be saying, but it's the truth. Um, So what might cost like tens of millions in Europe, you might do for like five, six, seven, you know, in Nigeria, so there's lesser cost, uh, more unique projects. So why don't we do stuff, you know, together
0: yeah. instead of instead of building a soundstage somewhere like prohibitively expensive? Yeah, why not doing... actually shoot on location?
1: Yeah, and, and then... making remakes. You know, there's a whole lot of untapped stories, and the world is is very, uh, it's like a community these days with the internet and all of that. So there's a more diverse. Palette to tap into a more diverse audience, and uh, with uh, the younger people coming up every day, they are way more open-minded. <laughs> so that's a whole audience to to tap into. So why so why don't we go for more flavors? So that's something I guess I'll just need to keep pushing, you know. But all of this, um, all of Yavi, like I said, is a resource for connecting with producers um financiers and all of those who have passed
0: through ERV before can you tell me about um the edit the editing of this film you were saying that you had to raise extra funds to do post-production as as the producer are you in there day and day out do you watch certain cuts of it was there anything that you were like mm, we should change this for certain reasons or anything like did anything change the
1: the, the edits. Storyline changed a bit. I mean, the essence at the end of the day was there 100%. But some things did not go according to either because of uh, incomplete filming or uh, lost footage as it happened to oh, <laughs> happen no. um, and stuff like that. So um, I wasn't there, there. I wasn't even there at all. It was CJ and Nathan, the editor, who worked very closely together. And then CJ reporting back to me, and you know, I said, "I want a powerful story. I know what I want. I don't necessarily have to uh, pick scene by scene. I need a narrative that is strong and tight, and encompassing of everything that we have set out to achieve emotively, visually, uh, and you know, everything we aim to represent. So as long as it's all in there." then we have we're on to a great start and so they work very closely and by the time the first part came out i i watched it with fresh eyes because sometimes you get caught up in being in every scene being part of every and then uh you get to attach <laughs> you get to invested in, like oh i spent a lot of money on this in you no know, way are you taking it out or you're cutting it too short <laughs> can we have i would have love for the dancing to be longer because that thing was so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it was so costly and stressful. But, you know, so I trusted them to to work with those directives. And, and that's what they did. By the time the first cut was coming, I was looking at it with fresh eyes. I was looking at it like a film I wasn't part of. And it drew me in. Even when I saw it over and over again, like every time I saw something new, every time I was invested, there was no time I watched it and paused it to check my phone messages every time I started I finished Uh, and that was it for me especially when
0: you're so familiar with the the message and the tone but that's it but I I think as well the performances are just like so enthralling and and even I think the 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 choice of visuals for certain moments like it's very much so less is more and that it it just it, it, it as a viewer as an audience it allows you just to fill in the blanks and it's so powerful um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about watching it then with an audience. So like it's 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 done like, I mean, it is absolutely a critical darling and it's done so well um, and screened at Sundance of all the, the places. Tell me about what that journey has been like. Was it is it such a relief? <laughs> is it stressful every time?
1: <laughs> I think it was very fulfilling. Um, first time we watched it with an audience, I watched it with an audience was uh, the world premiere in Sundance. And so, all well, I went with an open mind, <laughs> no need getting worked up <laughs> about something you can't do anything about. So, uh, being in the audience there, hearing people gasp at the right moment, you know, yes. people leaning forward in their seats, uh, and people laughing. At the right moment or so just they were really engaged, and, and at the end of the day, it was uh, you know a huge applause and, and everything. And I think the best part for me was the Q and A because it wasn't just Q and A. Because it was supposed to be a Q and A, it was Q and A of people who felt personally invested in the film, who had uh, personal stories of maybe identity, of sisterhood, of some. Uh, spiritual stirring, stirring or yearning themselves you know just a whole lot of backstories that brought them to that place because of the film so they're just filmmakers there are people who came to Sundance just to see the film and were leaving the next day you know so there are a lot of uh, personal stories you know about you know people who've known about mami water and they've always wondered why africa is not telling the stories or they've someone said they they were in nigeria briefly as a child had an encounter by the beach because their dad was doing some business in nigeria in the 80s and they had an encounter by the beach and that encounter brought them you know good luck in very strange and unique situations where they know they didn't do anything special to, to just you know get this done but things kept happening in a good way for them and then when they heard the film was being made they had to come as a way of showing personal respect and it was a whole thing it, it just became bigger than me and bigger than whatever CJ C- C- and I had talked about and said we wanted to achieve it just it's like you know having this Uh, bubble in your hand and the next thing the bubble just grows so huge and and encompasses a whole lot of people from diverse backgrounds you know diverse ages and all of that and everybody just loving the film Ah, that was the high point for me (laughs) I don't think anything can ever be that (laughs) and
0: it is like and it was so like it's so beloved it's so powerful but like that I mean did you think when you were like hunched over the phone on the set with everything <laughs> costing loads of money and being stressful, that you'd go from there to there? Like, could you have seen that at that point? Or were you like hoping?
1: So on an intuitive level, I knew that if I could get us through shooting the film, then great things would happen. I do not know what the great things would be. I did not know... What specific great things would happen but i knew that the trick was getting through the shoots and so a lot of things happened to make that shoot not happen and the more things were happening to make the shoot not happen the more i knew that if the shoots did happen <laughs> then the great things would come i was like the higher the price the greater the outcome you know so i i don't think i ever had any doubt that great stuff would come out of it i just needed us to have it have i mean if you have footage it's easier to say i just need to finish the film this is what a scene looks like i know a lot of people had doubts that would be able to pull off the high contrast black and white so now you have proof that we've, we've done it see the evidence you know so i wasn't really worried about beyond the shoot itself but shoot is the one place you need so many people and so much money And then you need to feed everybody and accommodate everybody and then transport and medical and so many things add the same. Everything goes wrong, like everything. So yeah. I just knew it's that if we could get through the shoot, then every other thing would fall into place. And it did. And it did it really made
0: (laughs) like a like a global impact, which is really powerful. Do you do you feel now as a producer Mm -hmm. it's easier to to be heard and to go. This project needs to get made. Like, are you working on things to get across the line? Or are you Are you taking an, a spiritual break to take some time <laughs> out after the emotional stress?
1: I don't. I don't think there's anything like a spiritual break because when you <laughs> you don't just go and break. <laughs> you're either in it or you're not, and because you become hyper aware. Or some things that you might have taken for granted before. And then it's just like knowing something. You can't unknow it. Uh, So no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's easier to talk about money. There there was a hesitant way. I used to talk about money before where it would seem like, uh uh-huh. So what have you done before that would make you ask for X, Y, Z kind of money? You know, I was somewhere I was pitching for five hundred thousand euros, and someone said, "Ah, by you people make films for ten thousand dollars," and I said, "That may be true, but I'm not pitching you a Hollywood film." Are you saying that there can't be voices out of Nigeria except your Hollywood? You know, so then you either come across as being cocky. What do you mean you're not Nollywood? Are you saying you're better than Nollywood? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you hear Nollywood, a certain kind of uh, film comes to mind aesthetically and all that. Well, I'm I'm not going along those lines. I'm doing a different kind of film. I I think nobody's going to ask that question anymore. So even back home, it seems like, why are you you saying you're not Nollywood? Out there, like, what do you mean you're not Nollywood? Nigeria only has Nollywood, so you see, you're fighting multiple fronts of battles. <laughs> so, so now it's not like that anymore. Like people understand, oh yeah, we get it now. Uh, I yes, yeah, I say budget isn't as iffy as it used to be because, uh, you know, how people think this budget is too much for you to manage. Would you even know how to spread it out? And so those conversations are not going to happen anymore because clearly I know what I'm doing and I have gone done the work of proving that I know what I'm doing so I'm not saying take my word for it I actually know what I'm doing But you (laughs) had
0: a proven track record as a line manager working on big shows and television and things before this
1: Yeah but but usually with that they say you don't get to choose the project and you don't get to you just you're there for a a space in time and it's uh, mostly managing the line items and all of that. But being a creative producer where, you know, from the get-go you're involved, then it's a different conversation entirely. So yeah, it's a definitely way way better. The question now is what to do next, which comes before which, yeah. and um, where to go from there. We we have uh, stated projects, that uh, we worked on while things were not happening, or while we we're waiting for things to happen, while we we're waiting for funds for post-production or before we even ever got to shoot Mami Water. So while you're chasing up this, it's also a time to work on ideas and flesh them out and all of that. So we did a lot of that in our time of waiting, and so we're not under any pressure to come up with instantly new ideas. The ideas are already there, fleshed out. Uh, waiting for partners and collaborators and then we now build it into whatever it's eventually going to to become
0: fabulous and first up then before all of that is the diff screening so you'll be over with us yes yes
1: yeah enjoy your time
0: congratulations (laughs) and have a have a brilliant festival yeah looking forward to
1: looking forward
0: to thank you so much bye see
1: you soon bye
0: Mummy Wata is screening on Saturday the 24th of February in the Lighthouse Cinema and you can explore the Dublin International Film Festival programme and buy tickets now at diff.ie